0: Welcome to episode number 108, Enduring It Well. First of all, I have to say this was not the chosen topic for this week. My intent was really to discuss the increased difficulties that come with the holidays and mental illness. However, sometimes what I think important in the moment, the Lord at times does not agree. And so today we are going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite books, and by far my favorite author. The book is entitled, similar to this episode, If Thou Endure It Well and its author is Brother Maxwell, Brother Neil A. Maxwell. For those who don't know, he was an apostle earlier in my life, and as far as I'm concerned, one of the best authors in the church, if not the best, although I kind of doubt his modest ego would ever even consider that. This book came to me during one of the more difficult parts of my life. For those who have been listening to the many podcasts I have authored, you are likely to know that I have suffered through a difficult set of autoimmune diseases. Over the past 12 years, I have been blessed to work through two severe autoimmune problems, psoriatic arthritis and a nondescript autoimmune illness. Now, psoriatic arthritis can be one of the most difficult forms of arthritis, although I am certainly not diminishing the other types. Mine was particularly severe, attacking all my major joints and leaving me very limited as far as physical activity. Now, in addition, the nondescript autoimmune meaning that you have symptoms, but we can't classify the type of autoimmune disease, attacked mostly my muscles and was as severe as the psoriatic arthritis. The combination of the two was devastating to my body, mind, and really physical energy and left me with sufficient levels of pain that without medication, I was disabled. I was very limited physically. So with the physical limitations and the severe pain came the depression and lack of desire understand a little of the severity, if I exercised moderately for an hour, I would not be able to function for a week, spending at least 18 hours a day sleeping or resting my body. Needless to say, my life didn't feel much like one worth living for the last decade. <clears throat> now I came in contact with Brother Maxwell's book about 5-6 to six years ago, about 5-6 to six years also into this illness, about the time that hope was really starting to fade, that I would ever be healed or even have any type of omission. The title caught me by surprise. One, because I had never really pondered what it meant to endure when you are facing very difficult circumstances. And two, because of the one word in the title, the word well. Enduring when you are facing very difficult circumstances, such as mental illness or physical illness or both, already seems a mountain too high to climb. And then to add the word well makes the trail to the top just that much steeper because of my illness and the mental illness that ensued i read this book actually several times as much as i didn't want to hear the words endure or well i did want to understand what it meant didn't know if i could accomplish it but i had read several several of brother maxwell's books and had found great insights into the gospel so i embarked on what would be a very personal journey for me i hope today to share a portion of those insights. Now, before we get started, and before you become too overwhelmed by the very thought of endurance, and then endurance with a well clause, I want to express that this episode is not intended to drag you down further with another thing-to-do weight upon your shoulders. As much as what I have said might seem daunting, today's episode should really bring forth greater hope rather than a significant burden, because enduring life's trials was never meant to be traveled alone. Even though endurance and the well clause are individual to the person, there should be nothing about the trail of endurance that indicates we have to walk it alone. The message of the gospel has always been the same. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's start with what enduring it well really means. The verbiage actually comes from the Doctrine and Covenants when the Lord is speaking to Joseph Smith in Liberty Jail towards the end of his sentence. This was no doubt one of the lowest points of his life. Having suffered terrible conditions in a dirty, dungeon-like cellar, while the saints were being driven from Missouri, Joseph actually cried out to the Lord, Where art thou? And where is the pavilion of thy hiding place? I've always loved those words and have wondered the very same thing as Joseph many times in my own life. While the Lord understood Joseph's suffering, and the suffering of his wife, his children, and the saints, there was no, I'm sorry, you have to pass through all of this, Joseph, from the Lord. He gently reminded Joseph that all these things would be for his good, and that he needed to endure it well, and most of all that the Lord was not hiding or watching from afar. The Lord was watching over his saints very closely, and that there was purpose and design in his personal afflictions and in the afflictions of the saints. Now, Brother Max will give some definition to endure well in his book. Here's how he explained it. To endure means not only to last, but also to bear up under stress, to hold fast, even valiantly, while maintaining the course set by God. Now, he then goes on to explain the well clause of this endurance contract. He states the following. The word well, in in this instance, means performing with grace under pressure, while being of good cheer including coping with indignities and afflictions, as did Job, without charging God foolishly. The entire endurance contract with the Lord was then explained by Maxwell as this. The combined words connote unwearying persistence in discipleship. In fact, a pressing forward with a perfect brightness of hope. And I personally will add, despite a world around you laden with sins and doubt. To me, that felt very daunting when I first read it, and in some ways, the definition for me lacked a little bit of a concrete example. Those were great words, but what did it all really mean when it came down to me and my actions? Was I simply to do my best to ignore my problems and then attempt somehow to press forward with this life? At first, that definition was troubling, and, somewhat, and something that I didn't think that I really could accomplish. I helped almost felt as though it was saying to me, you're just not working hard enough, or even that I may not have sufficient faith. However, in spite of all that, I did come come upon a couple of ideas as I attempted to understand what it meant to my illness and to my faith. One appeared in the very same book and another instance in the scriptures that brought this lofty meaning down to earth, where I could understand it. The first idea or expanded expression actually comes from this book and the author. No doubt you might have heard these words in conference or somewhere else once or twice in your life. Here is the expanded version from Brother Maxwell. Some defining and refining moments do seem to come upon us suddenly. Yet even what may seem to be sudden trials or defining moments may have been building in quiet crescendo for a long time. In any case, there is no quick, fix and no easy mortal equivalent of the speedy microwave oven even if there were such a thing even if there were would we be willing to trade the higher speed for higher heat the fiery trials are warm enough as it is besides refining occurs gradually in the process of time and he continues it follows then that you and i cannot really expect to glide through life coolly air-conditioned while naively petitioning the lord Give me experience, but not grief. A deeper appreciation of happiness, but not deeper sorrow. Joy and comfort, but not in pain. More capacity to overcome, but not more opposition. And please do not let me feel perplexed while on thine errand. Then let me come quickly and dwell with thee and fully share thy joy. Now this is not really news to you that mental illness... Physical illness has a purpose and design and allows for growth and development necessary for celestial refinement and life. Even with the understanding that all these things will be for your good, in the moments of greatest despair, that really isn't what we want to hear. In the moment of suffering, we really tend not to see the value of it. And actually, that's okay. There's nothing in the endurance contract we sign with the Lord that says you must see the value of your trials every moment of every day, and you cannot or should not ask for relief. In point of fact, quite the opposite is true. We are more likely to see growth after it's happened, not traveling in the valley of the shadow of death, and petitioning the Lord for relief is what He has asked us to do. He has told us to ask, and you shall receive, knock, and it shall be opened. The key to enduring it well is to accept the Lord's answer. Even if that answer means greater suffering or really isn't what you want. There also is no requirement in the contract that we must be excited and happy about our difficulties and walk around as if nothing is wrong with our lives. I learned this from the Book of Mormon. Now we talk in chapter 17 of 1st Nephi, we find the two families settled now kind of in bountiful. From this chapter, and by the way I really like this chapter when I discuss endurance, we find two types of endurance actually defined very clearly. We have a Nephi version and we have a Laman and Lemuel version. It's important to note that Nephi wrote this after he had experienced the eight-year trial in the wilderness and after he had been commanded to build a ship after living in it for a period of time in a place they called Bountiful. Now here is Nephi's version of endurance in verses one through three. And it came to pass that we did again take our journey in the wilderness, and we did travel nearly eastward from that time forth. And we did travel and wade through much affliction in the wilderness, and our women did bear children in the wilderness. And so great were the blessings of the Lord upon us, that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck for their children, and were strong, yea, even like unto the men. And they began It's important, that word's important. And they began to bear their journeyings without murmurings. And thus we see that the commandments of God must be fulfilled. And if it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them and strengthen them, and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. Wherefore, he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness. Now, here is the same enduring experience, but from Laman and Lemuel's point of view. This is in verses 20-21, through right after they found out Nephi was going to build a ship, and they understood that Bountiful would not be their final destination. (laughs) And thou art likened to our father, led away by foolish imaginations of his heart. Yea, he hath led us out of the land of Jerusalem. And we have wandered in the wilderness for these many years, and our women have toiled, being big with child. And they have borne children in the wilderness, and had suffered all things, save it were death. And it would have been better that they had died before they came out of Jerusalem than to have suffered these afflictions. Behold, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness, which time we might have enjoyed our possessions, and the land of our inheritance, yea, and we might have been happy. Now I love these verses for their clarity in defining what it really means to endure it well. These three adult men experienced the exact same journey, trials, and afflictions, but how they viewed it afterward is remarkably different. Both mention their wives and the struggles of the journey. And we also know a little bit about some of the problems they faced through that journey with hunger, fatigue, and death in some of the earlier chapters in Nephi. Both noted these trials. Nephi mentions, mentions waiting through affliction, and so do Laman and Lemuel. What is interesting is the response to them. Nephi mentions that the Lord blessed them so much that they, again, here's this word, began to bear their journeys without murmuring. Laman and Lemuel's whole speech was a murmur about the afflictions. We see then that one of the main differences in enduring is learning to do so without murmurings. Nephi did say that they began to bear their journey without murmuring, not that they endured their journey without murmuring. Learning to accept the yoke of the Lord without complaint is actually one clear indicator that we are learning to endure it well. This takes time. And, that is just also, and that's also just fine, as long as we are working towards it. Nephi explains very clearly that they had to learn it. The second thing we note from Nephi about enduring it well is that he is able to recognize the hand of the Lord in not only providing the afflictions, but also providing needed help. The second real difference is that while we suffer, or perhaps better said, after difficult moments, we can still see the hand of the Lord. The final thing we note about Nephi's enduring it well is that he attributes the Lord's help to obedience to commandments, even when he really didn't understand their final destination. One of the difficulties the two families had to endure was to not fully understand the duration of their journeys or even the real destination, except for some idea of a far-off promised land. It does not take eight years to cross the Sinai Peninsula and so we see that learning through afflictions takes time and it must occur during various phases of our lives to be fully effective. Our own personal destination is in in and of itself somewhat vague and like that journey. Certainly eternal life will be a wonderful place and experience but it can seem difficult to see from our distant mortal perspective and when you are in the middle of the desert pelted with heat, wind, fatigue, pain, and in crisis, eternal life can be very difficult to imagine. Laman and Lemuel noted the exact same trials as Nephi, but could only reminisce on past days of carefree life in Jerusalem, complaining that death was better than their trials, and that had had served no real purpose other than to remove the joy they should have had brought about by the wealth they once possessed. For them, endurance and suffering had provided no benefit. As Nephi puts it, they did not look to the Lord as they ought. For them, endurance meant just waiting it out till things improved, whining and complaining about every little piece of sand that got into their shoe. That is why we see such a resistance from them regarding the boat. That boat represented what they least wanted, more trial and more suffering. Bountiful was good enough for them. There was no reason to pack the bags for the land of promise if it required even the smallest of sacrifices. It is a wonder that the Lord did not just leave them there. What we learn from Laman and Lemuel is quite simple. Trials will come. The rains will descend, and the winds will blow, and the floods are going to come. But in the end, blaming the rain and the wind and the flood for the fail of your house and then returning it to build on the sand again is very futile and will leave you bitter, angry, and only complaining about how unfair life is that you can't build your house on the sand. So what do we learn from all this that is helpful to mental illness and our trials of life? First thing, endurance is a learned process. It takes time and trials to learn the necessary skills to endure it well. It does not come upon us all at once, and it's going to take effort, time, and help, a great deal of help from the Lord to learn to endure Two, there is great value in trials, if they are endured well, and we learn to build on the rock. Otherwise, it's just another flooded, ruined house, and there's no possible way to endure it well without the Lord. Three, endurance is not simply waiting for the trial to end, complaining about how difficult it is to endure. Endurance, in the Lord's perspective, is not to simply get through it any way you can and then complain about it. Endurance is a learning experience, one in which we get to act, not be acted upon. Fourth, understanding if you have endured it well often does not come about until after the trial. Endurance is more often a future perspective looking back at the past. There is no requirement that we have to ignore our problems, masking them, as it were, going about our business as if nothing is wrong in our lives. And we should certainly take initiative to help ourselves, as Nephi did in making the bow. The fifth thing is, the Lord really expects us to do our part. Six, we are going to struggle mightily at times and cry out for help, just as Joseph Smith did. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing so. When we approach the Lord to understand our trial and to obtain some relief, understanding that exactly what the Lord desires us to do. 7. We do not have to understand our trials to endure them well. Often we cannot see the destination, purpose, or design as we suffer through the heat and misery of a terrible journey in the desert. Sure, it's helpful, but in some cases, not all that valuable. Even if I could fully understand why I pass through terrible illnesses, depressions, anxieties, in the heat of the moment those rational understandings are not likely to quell the deep emotional yearnings for relief the darkness of the moments, and the horrible frustrations. Rational thought has never brought me out of a depression or my anxious moments, but the Lord does provide emotional relief if we ask. So while we may or may not understand the why, we can know the Lord does and that He will provide relief for us as He views how best to administer it. 8. Enduring it well does not mean that we have to put on a happy countenance and mask our emotional state. But it does mean that we should try to avoid complaint, another, and the poor pitiful me syndrome. Enduring it well simply means that we pass through the experience doing our best with the Savior at our side, asking for understanding and accepting what he gives, not rejecting him like some type of selfish tantrum that will get the Lord to respond the way we want. That was number nine. Ten, and finally, enduring it well is not easy to do. That is why it is part of the commandments. It is a long game learning process, and it is okay to make mistakes, learn, try, ask, feel, and work. Sometimes you are going to have to step into the dark with the assurance of the Lord that the path you are on and the path you are seeking is right under your foot. In the end, trials do pass, and the peace that surpasses All understanding comes to us as we recognize just how valuable our trials have been to us. I'm going to end today with something Elder Holland has said in the past. He has said, you are doing better than you think you are. And that is very true for all of you listening. I will add to that, likely far better than you think you are. Mental illness and its counterpart, a long-term physical illness, are some of the most difficult trials in life reserved for those whose glory lies far beyond this life. Today, I emphatically end with what I always do. Do your part so that the Lord can do His. Until next week.